0: C is for capitalism and culture. What is capitalism, anyway? Capitalism, that's like democracy, isn't it? And aren't the enemies of capitalism the opponents of democracy? Didn't we defeat them in the Cold War? Actually, capitalism and democracy are two very different things. That's democracy right. is, essentially, the idea that people should have control over their lives, the power should be shared by all rather than concentrated in the hands of a few. You say it, brother. Yes. <laughs> I you. Capitalism is something altogether different. In the United States and other Western nations, we're used to hearing that we live in a democratic society. It's true that we have a government that calls itself democratic, although whether each of us really has an equal say or much of a say at all in such a bloated and atrophied representative democracy is worth asking. But whether our society is itself democratic is another question entirely. Sure is. Shut (laughs) up. Government is only one aspect of society, of course, and it is far from the most important one when it comes to considering day-to-day life. The economic system of any given society has more influence over daily life than any court or Congress could, for it is economics that decides who has control over the lands, resources, and tools of the society, what people have to do each day to survive and get ahead, and ultimately how those people interact with each other and view the world. And capitalism is, in fact, one of the least democratic economic systems. In a democracy economy, each member of the society would have an equal say in how resources are used and how work is done. But in the capitalist economy, in which all resources are private property and everyone competes against each other for them, most resources end up in the control of a few people. Today, read corporations. Those people can decide how everyone else will work, since most of the others can't live without earning money from them. They even get to determine the physical and psychological landscape of society, since they own most of the land and control most of the media. And at bottom, they aren't really in control either, for if they let their guard down and stop working to keep ahead, they will quickly be at the bottom of the pyramid with everyone else. That means nobody truly has freedom under the capitalist system. Everyone is equally at the mercy of the laws of competition. How does capitalism work? Here's how the free market is supposed to work. People are free to seek their fortunes as they choose, and the ones who work the hardest and provide the greatest value to society are awarded with the greatest wealth. But this system has a crucial flaw. It doesn't actually offer equal opportunities for everyone. Success in the free market depends almost entirely on how much wealth you already have. When capital is privately owned, an individual's opportunities to learn, work, and earn wealth are directly tied to the amount of wealth she has. A few scholarships cannot offset this. It takes resources of some kind to produce something of value, and if a person doesn't have those resources herself, she finds she is at the mercy of those who do. Meanwhile, those who already have those resources can make more and more wealth, and eventually most of the wealth in society ends up in the hands of a few. This leaves everyone else with little capital to sell other than their own labor, which they must sell to the capitalists, those who control most of the means of production, to survive. This sounds confusing, but it's actually pretty simple. A corporation like Nike has plenty of extra money to open up a new shoe factory, buy new advertisements, and sell more shoes, thus earning themselves more money to invest. A poor sucker like you barely has enough money to open up a lemonade stand, and even if you did, you probably would be run out of business by a larger, more established company like Pepsi, which has more money to spend on promotion. Sure, there are success stories of little guys triumphing over the competition, but you can see why this doesn't usually happen. Chances are you'll end up working for them if you need to earn a living. And working for them reinforces their power, for although they pay you for your work, you can be sure that they're not paying you for its full value. That's how they make a profit. If you work at a factory and you make $1,000 worth of machinery parts every day, you probably only get paid $100 or less for that day's labor. That means someone is cashing in on your efforts. And the longer they do that, the more wealth and opportunities they have at your expense. How does this affect the average guy? This means that your time and creative energy are being bought from you which is the worst part of all. When all you have to sell in return for the means to survive is your own labor, you are forced to sell your life away at increments just to exist. You end up spending the greater part of your life doing whatever you can get paid the most for instead of what you really want to do. You trade your dreams for salaries and your freedom to act for material possessions. In your free time, you can buy back what you made during your time at work, at a profit to your employers, of course. But you can never buy back the time you spent at work. That part of your life is gone, and you have nothing to show for it but the bills you were able to pay. Eventually, you start to think of your own creative abilities and labor power as beyond your control, for you come to associate doing anything but relaxing, recovering from work, with the misery of doing what you are told rather than what you want. The idea of acting on your own initiative and pursuing your own goals no longer occurs to you except when it comes to working on your hobbies. Yes, there are a few people who find ways to get paid to do exactly what they've always wanted to do, But how many of the working people you know fit into that category? These rare, lucky individuals are held up to us as proof that the system works, and we are exhorted to work really, really hard so that one day we can be as lucky as they are too. The truth is that there are simply not enough job openings for everyone to be a rock star or a syndicated cartoonist. Somebody has to work in the factories and to mass-produce the records and newspapers. If you don't succeed in becoming the next world-famous basketball star and end up selling athletic shoes in a mall instead, You may not have tried hard enough. So it's your fault if you're bored there, right? But it wasn't your idea that there should be 1,000 shoe salesmen for every professional basketball player. If anything, you can only be blamed for accepting a situation that offers such poor odds. Rather than all competing to be the one at the top of the corporate ladder or the one-in-a-million lottery winner, we should be trying to figure out how to make it possible for all of us to do what we want to do with our lives. For even if you were lucky enough to come out on top, what about the thousands and thousands who didn't make it? The unhappy office clerks, the failed artists, listless grill clerks, fed up hotel maids? Is it in your best interest to live in a world filled with people who aren't happy, who never got to chase their dreams, who maybe never even got to have dreams? What does capitalism make people value? As Jeanette writes in her article on product and process, under capitalism, our lives end up revolving around things, as if happiness is to be found in possessions rather than in free actions and pursuits. Those who have wealth have it because they spend a lot of time and energy figuring out how to get it from other people. Those who have very little have spent most of their lives working to get what they need to survive. And all that they have as a consolation for their lives of hard labor and poverty are the very few things they are able to afford to buy, since their lives themselves have been bought from them. Between those two social classes are the members of the middle class, who have been bombarded from birth with advertisements and other propaganda proclaiming that happiness, youth, meaning, and everything else in life are to be found in possessions and status symbols. They learn to spend their lives working hard to collect these things, rather than taking advantage of whatever chances they might have to seek adventure and pleasure. Thus, capitalism centers everyone's values around what they have rather than what they do, by making them spend their lives competing for the things they need to survive and achieve social standing. People might be more likely to find happiness in a society that encourage them to value their ability to act freely and do what they want above all else. To create such a society, we will have to stop competing for control and wealth and start to share them more freely. Only then will everyone be completely free to choose the lives they want most to live without fear of going hungry or being shut out of society.